everybody has their own preferences. Yep. Um, for me, I went, I put myself through college doing construction, mm. right? So my degrees yep. were chemistry and econ, which is kind of a weird combination, right? Yeah. But it was really easy enough for me to figure out. I'm standing and doing a five-hour lab, looking outside mm. at 70 degrees in February, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> and I had my roof done, uh, put my first one on when I was 19 years old mm. in college. And I had my roof done, and I was looking to get out of what I was doing anyway. And I watched the guys do the work, and, of course, they didn't know I knew what I was watching. And the head of the subs pulled up to my house, and I had an issue around the front dormer, and it was rotting the soffit. And mm -hmm. the last thing he told was, he says, you guys got to go redo that flashing around the dormer. And he picked it up, right? Mm -hmm. And we became friends, and we've created a partnership, and we're still working together nine years on. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you were just tired of the financial industry in general, and then just like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a move. Yeah, the I don't know a polite way to say that, but what I didn't know how to do then mm -hmm. that I know how to do now was actually I needed to network to find CEOs. Sure. Because I was actually pretty good at what I did. Mm -hmm. I showed some people some of the things they did, and they're like, no, why did you get out of that business? And mm -hmm. I said, what part of I hated it did you miss? Yeah. You know, it wasn't. I didn't find the reward, and I'll tell you why. There's two, actually, reasons that drive that. One of them is I'm a very visual person. And so when you're looking at numbers all the time, it's not the same, right? But one of the things that I caught on to very early, because I came in in 13, 12, 13, back there, and we helped some people put their houses back together after a hailstorm. And to see the relief on the customer's face. Right. We turn their house back into a home. Sure, of course. You know, and mm -hmm. that was where I got the reward. So as much as sometimes our customers can be very challenging. Sure. But to take and put them back in a position that they're comfortable mm -hmm. in their home, that their their house is now a home again. For sure. Is that was it's what fulfilling. I it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. We have uh, Mark Fulcher with Top Layer Roofing. You guys are out of? Marietta. Marietta. And you've been doing roofing for nine years now? Yes, sir. And you were a financial advisor before. I know, right? That's incredible. <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, I totally understand the the fulfillment of helping somebody out. And and look, at the end of the day, it wasn't like it was 10 out of 10 people that were like that. It, it, you know, to, for me, how I felt was, and again, I loved what I was doing in the merchant services. Right. I, I didn't hate it. I loved it. I loved it because there's not a lot of people that do Like, you could, I could hit a golf ball, actually in this complex, a, a, a sand wedge, and hit four advisors. Right. You couldn't, you you can't do that with credit card processing. Right. There's not a lot of us that right. are that own the small shops. But and if I if I could hit a golf ball real hard, I could hit 15 of them. So it's just a, there's just a lot of and there's a lot of more consumers than businesses too. So I totally understand. But I loved what I did because I'm an expert at what I, what I, what I do. And there's not a lot of people that that do what I do. So I I did love it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back into the B2B world. It's not that I was like I'm tired of this. Half of it was I was working from 
6 a.m. till till 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m. with roofing, going to do the credit card processing job that, you know, was my passion and working that till 6 and then 6 to 9 at night working thing and then on Saturdays because at first I'm the only one that you know my partner could sell to though but we were we were banging doors down and we could both close five roofs on a Saturday apiece because we were just really good salespeople right and at that time that's what that's kind of the way it was going so yeah there's a lot of fulfillment and look you can go on and say not only is your roof like we can do this we can do this and make this look better and just little bitty things that make their because the roof is one thing but you can go and like, hey, do you want me to paint your front door too? And they're Customer like, happies. oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, I'll do it for hundred bucks. You know what I mean? A hundred bucks or something, something really cheap, and we'll have a guy come out there and do it. So little bitty things like that will certainly brighten up a customer's day. That doesn't take you much. No, it just doesn't. I always tried to find a way. Yeah, my customer would note something, and I'm like, would you be quiet? <laughs> and she'd look at me like, what? And I'm like. I was going to have my guys fix that. I just was going to do that as a customer happy. You didn't have yeah. to pay attention. I already had that covered That's for you. Right. There you go. <laughs> just yep. a little extra. Yep. Paint your mailbox. Something your mailbox looks bad. Something yeah, a little extra that doesn't take a lot of time that makes the world to to, to the customer. Right. So wh- where are you from originally? Born in Houston, Texas. Houston. Ra- Houston. Yep. And raised in Chattanooga. Okay. I moved with my wife here thirty six years ago. And uh, what does your wife do? My wife is a business analyst for a company called ABM. Okay. And she 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 had a job in Houston and moved to Chattanooga, and you moved with her. Exactly. Okay. Actually, I was too. My dad worked for Conoco Oil Company. Mm, I know Conoco. Yep. And they bought KO Oil Company back in the early 60s, so mm-hmm. you'd have to be older to remember KO gasoline stations yeah, here no, in Atlanta. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> they used to be around here, right? K-A-Y-O. And so I moved to Chattanooga with my parents, obviously. Um, today's a pretty special day. My mom turns ninety six. Congratulations! Oh, What's the Queen? I heard the Queen yeah. of England is ninety five today, right? She and my mom share That's the same, same birthday. birthday. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly Your right. Your mom's older than the Queen of England. Exactly, <laughs> and she's a saint too because she raised me. Yeah, I'm the youngest of five, and um, my wife and I met on a blind date in college. Got married two and a half years later. That's thirty seven years this summer. Yeah. And it's really kind of a cool thing. So my dad was in construction. My dad managed all the gasoline stations for 48 states for Conoco. Nice. And, you know, my dad was in the military, so my dad's um, way of approaching thing was everything just needed to be shot. That's it, yeah. Yeah, hit it a little harder. (laughs) Hit it a little bit harder. (laughs) And so people would challenge him on how he was getting something completed, and he would like, am I done yet? That's it. You know, like, it's not complete. Leave me alone. But he said something that kind of made me and I think my family who we are. He said, you know what? You may never inherit a dollar from me, but you're going to inherit a name that you can be proud of. Nice. I love that. That's a great saying, yeah. You know, so a a bad reputation follows you around, or a bad one beats you to the door, and a good one follows you around. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, every... Just the way we try to approach business in general, mm-hmm. and I think hopefully how we approach everyone, right? Well, that's a good learned behavior, Mark. So you learned that. But most Americans, I would say, did not learn a, a, a really – in your financial guide, they didn't learn a really good financial 
you know, habits from their parents, maybe even work habits. So you have to break those habits if that didn't happen. So there are learned behaviors. Absolutely. And I, you know, one of the ways I found to do it was just to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Right. So tons of them. Tons of them. Mm-hmm. My favorite question when I was in the financial business, which doesn't relate to here, but what's the biggest bill you pay each month? And everybody would answer the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. <laughs> How about your taxes? Mm-hmm. They take a third of your money before you come home and you don't even consider it a bill. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to, when you can ask a better question, you can get a better answer. Mm-hmm. It is a bill. Oh, absolutely. It's a big bill. Absolutely. I wish I, everybody paid our checks like we do. Dude, I could pay for a lot of houses for the taxes <laughs> I pay. <laughs> I could have one in every city in the United States by now. Right. That's for sure. Right. You think the Queen of England has ever paid for anything? I'm talking about like paid. Like, do you think she's ever held cash or a debit card like or a credit card in her hand? Do you think she's ever paid somebody? I don't know that she's paid people, but I'm sure that she's offered some gratuities you know what yeah, I mean? yeah like hey we'll pay we'll pay for that but somebody else does i'm sure the kids you know harry and william i'm sure that they you know when they were out and about they paid for some things and 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 put a had a card on but i don't think she probably ever paid for anything isn't her she hand. on the money yeah, she's on some money. That'd be cool yeah. to pay somebody with a bill that has your face on it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like coming to America. He has his own money. Could he just? When I mean, he has his own money. He has his own money. <laughs> Could she just take a picture of herself and use that instead? Sure, if I'm only. sure. <laughs> I mean, they're rich. They're very, very rich. Anyway, so I mean, you know, I, you know, I tip my hat to Harry for get, you know, like getting out of that. It was weird because he had to have. They said on the radio that he had to have him and I think William and and Charles wouldn't talk to him at the funeral without a witness there for some reason. You got it's, me. It's gone way too far if you can't talk hey, to your you brother know, all and your family, dad. All families have a little bit of dysfunction, but that's, of course. you know. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, the court has had dysfunction forever, right? The 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 the, the all the all the 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 king and queen courts have always had dysfunction, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's there's always a lot of, well, anywhere you go, right? Like human nature is human nature. Mm-hmm. We're all bitten with the seven deadly sins. That's right. Right? So it's us learning to battle our um, innate nature that is the challenge. And when there's power, there's people who are trying to take advantage of power, right? That's right. That's right. What are you involved in here in, in there? And y'all are in B and I together, correct? Correct. I met him in B and I. Yeah. Right. What else? Uh, what else? Um, are you, you doing marketing wise? So, we do mainly we're relationship driven. You know, we've built relationships with insurance agents, property managers. Those are important relationship partners with us. Um, we've got sales reps up in Chattanooga, so we're doing a little business up there. Um, do commercial as res- as well as residential. Business has been kind of interesting. You know, we've had a lot of business. You've seen the stories about price increases. We've taken mm. several of those ourselves. The price of wood is ridiculous these it days. That's what I've sure. heard. Mm-hmm. That's why the houses have gone up so much, because they can, because you can't build one for close to what you can buy one. So right. they've gone up a crazy amount. Oh, my son, my youngest son is in the... Uh, is in the market trying to find a house, right? So you sell up, you buy up too right now, so. Yeah, right, so he's actually, he's trying to find his first house. Mm-hmm. So 
he put an offer in a house in Woodstock and it was listed at two fifty. Yeah. He put an escalator cost to two seventy, and it was sold at two seventy one. I would like if I was in his situation right now, I wouldn't buy because the bubble's going to pop. I would rent. I'd, That's what I told. I him. would rent or do something because you're going to. You're right now. Look, my my neighbor's house is under contract and is going to sell probably in the next week or something. Like oh, probably in three the next days. Day. No, no, no. It's already under contract. Oh. It, it got under contract in, right, in, right, in, right, in right. five hours. But it probably is about to close in the next day. Like, literally, we're going to have new right. neighbors in the next day or two. Um, but we we built that house six years ago for like 360 and they're selling it for 500 And, you know, we we don't, you know, we owe a lot less than 360 So, it's a big that's it's a bubble that's gonna pop. As Allison said, my wife goes, we should really think about selling. I was like, where are you gonna you're gonna sell you're gonna sell up, but you're gonna buy up too, Allison. I was like, the way you beat this is we sell, we go buy a trailer, we live in a trailer until the bubble pops, and then we buy, and then we make a lot of money on that money. But I said, and you can't even rent for less than two thousand dollars or crazy amount. So you would be taking that money that you would be putting in your house. So you have to, you'd have to downgrade a lot to be able to beat that bubble. And if I didn't have two kids and I would do that for a fact, no so doubt. The, so we bought in 06 where we are. We sold yep. in 06. Mm-hmm. I sold a piece of property that was five acres for, to a developer. So we did great. Yeah. Awesome. Except 07 happened. Yes. And then values tanked. Yeah. Right. But when you have money at 3%, it's free money. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, so we got lucky. We we were time. I say we got lucky, but I would never buy unless it was. A, a, I, I'm disciplined like that. I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I want to feel like I've won every time, and I won by a lot every time. So we bought in '08, and we bought this house for like ninety thousand, and we sold it six years later for one hundred forty-five. And then we do it again. Doing, I'm like, you're not. We're not doing that. So we're refining now, and you know we're going to do a refi for 15 years, and that's how I'm going to win. So I'm I, the house I, the land I sold, mm-hmm. I bought it REO from the bank. They had offers for more money than I had mm-hmm. put on the table, but I told them I'd close it in 12 days and did so. So I sold at the high. But I was so busy, I didn't have a chance to go and look around and try to find a house yeah. that I didn't have to work on. My wife and my real estate agent looked at 125 homes, and I kept bracketing the price up to try to find something we could live in. Mm. And, of course, 08 happened, and so that value fell. So I've been through that bubble. Yeah. We've sat on it, and it's, the value's up. But, you know, you still it's how do you win on each game, right? You don't. I mean, you can't win on every game, but you can, you can be disciplined enough that – I can walk away from any deal, any deal. I'm the guy that, and Tristan, you tell me if y'all did this, because I told them that I used to do this, and I still do it. I We, we got free plane tickets uh, to um, Orlando like four years ago because if I fly by myself and they ask for a, a volunteer to get off, I raise my hand every time. And then I negotiate with them in the hallway the aisle of the plane and go, no, nah, I'm not going to do 200. You can give me 400 and I'll get off this plane right now. And they'll do it. You can negotiate how much they'll give you for the next flight. You could do it right there. And people don't know that. At one point I had like 15, 20 vouchers 
at one time and I was flying for, this is when I was, you know, early twenties, but, uh, but you know, I don't get to do this a lot cause on the, I can't do it on the way back now. Cause I'm, you know, a husband and a, a father of two. So I've got to get on that plane and get back to my family. But on the way there, Every time, baby. If they they, they do that, I raise my head. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll wait for two hours and drink a beer and the thing and get back on the plane. Absolutely. Every time. And it's it's the way to get free plane tickets. Absolutely. I didn't know they did that. Ask people to get off the plane? Well, yeah. they, they ask for volunteers. When they're overbooked. When they're overbooked, they ask for volunteers. And, buddy, I was a volunteer every time. When I was on, I was on Winston Cup for a couple of years, and, and I got to do it a lot. That's when I built up because I was flying every – Every Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, well, it's Thursday or Friday, I was flying to the other race, so I could do it every time. Right. I could I could do it every time, and I built up a lot of them, a lot of them. I enjoyed the the traveling, but I actually came off the road, and that's when I went into financial planning. Was mm. I had missed the first two years of my middle son's life. Yeah, and I was committed with my dad traveling so much doing all the construction he was gone a lot mm-hmm. and i wanted to be there for my kids i couldn't you know? do it now mark there's no way like I, I i can still travel if once a month for you know wednesday to friday or something but there's no way i could do that now but that in my early 20s i'd see you buddy it was a different game yes it was a different yes game. i'd hop in my that's what i learned too is don't don't catch a you know don't catch a ride home from the airport early on I, it was worth my money to park my car at an off-site facility for seven dollars a day at that point, seven, eight, nine dollars a day in, in the early two thousands, and spend that thirty or forty dollars to park for those three or four days, so I could get on that tram, go to my car, and go home right there, and not sit there and wait at the airport for another hour and a half for somebody maybe to pick you up or not. You know, I didn't do. I was like, you know what? That was two times that happened. I'm like, no. Nah. You didn't know when you're getting in. You get in two o'clock. You delayed, whatever. So, well, but you and I were flying before nine eleven happened too. So that it was, was a heck of a lot of difference, and you didn't have to spend two hours in the airport waiting. But around, that was right? when I was on Winston Cup. That was that was right after nine eleven. That was two thousand and one. But yeah, the winter. It was right after. It was a weird time to fly a lot. Very very weird time. I had this uh, this friend that was, uh, you know, he was he was an Indian and. You know, God bless him because he's the best guy ever. But he got checked every time, and every time I walked in there with him, we get checked every time. He'd be cussing, I'd be laughing. <laughs> you know, then I I got I would go to the next line over to him. And he's like, "Where are you going? Where are you going?" I'm like, no, "I gotta." <laughs> I'm, I'm separating from you. Go through. <laughs> through. Yeah, so, but um, man, what a weird what a weird time to travel. Yeah, but I did travel a lot before 9/11 too. But it was because um, it was straight through. Yeah. It was straight through. And you didn't have to, you know, you don't even remember this. You could go, I could yeah, walk, I, was in I could walk straight through. Quiet. I could, I could walk, <laughs> I could go with you. If you're flying to Miami, I could go to the gate Absolutely. and come back out. No problem. You didn't need a ticket. You didn't need anything. You know, you had to have a ticket to go through security. And then you had to have it, but I didn't have to have a ticket to go through security. I just had to go through security. And then you could get up at the gate, and you had to give them the ticket. I couldn't get on if I didn't have a ticket, but I could. Right. I could go there. You can do that now, though, right? You know that. I didn't know that. You have to go to. Uh, they started that back some time ago, but you can go if you want to meet somebody at the gate. You have to go th- through that airline that they're in and get a an actual pass, pa- a ticket. It looks like a boarding pass. 
and to go and 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 sit 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 there and wait for your loved one or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, especially if it's a you know a grandmother you want to push back when they're wheelchair or something. They, they let you do that, but you have to be you have to be checked. I've only been yeah. on a plane once. Did y'all do that, so Tristan? I don't know any of this. Never got. I didn't get the chance. No, no chance. On the way back. Well, it's probably hard right now because the planes are not full all the way. You know, they were. I mean, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, seats in between. Yeah, well, if they're not full, then because they don't look, they want to leave people in between, but they don't have to right now. They don't have to. They just want to do that. Suppose it's travel together, sit together. That's that's the thing. But I, I've been on a plane four times since three times, three or four times since uh, COVID, and you know, me and Chris went. It was a pretty full plane to South Florida, so. They're yeah. trying to ramp them back up. I hear yeah. that most of them are going to start seating the center aisle in May. That's yeah. what I've heard recently. I bought tickets to to Hawaii. I tell all them this, but you know, when things like this happen, if you got the money and you want to go to Italy or you want to go to Hawaii or you want to go to Alaska, if that's your dream thing, so and you got to make sure it's a credit for credit thing, not the, not a voucher, a credit for credit trip, because they'll do it. If you just got to tell them to put it in there. So I bought four round trip tickets to Hawaii in May 2020, 500 bucks a piece. Right. So having cash on hand is a beautiful thing. That's good. That's good. And is that a good deal for that? Yeah, they're usually 1,500 a piece to Hawaii. Oh, so it's a really good deal. Okay, yeah. Right. That's yeah. Two thousand dollars for four people to Hawaii? It's all the way across the earth. Yeah, it's like a 14 half, hour total flight, right? All the way across the earth. It's halfway. It's halfway to Japan. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, what's four? It's actually eleven, <laughs> about eleven and a half hour trip. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can get good deals in times like that. <laughs> when you have cash, cash is king. They've always said that, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, you live and learn. I didn't. I, somebody taught me that at some point. You know, I didn't. I didn't make it up. So. Hey, that's the best, most successful people are copy machines. That's it. Oh, that's ex- that's exactly right. That's what I am. I'm a master copy machine. Then exactly. What is uh, what is your uh, your dream trip that you haven't done? Oh gosh, I don't know. I I think uh, you know. I used to love to play a lot of golf. Yeah. Don't do that as much. Can't take five hours out of a day. So it's hard. I enjoy playing softball. That's my kind of what I do to get away. Um, softball takes more time than that. Not. But I got to practice. An, and I you got to go thing. And you gotta, not at my age, we don't practice. But, I know, but then, but you just do one game a week, an hour. Yeah, Is that what you do exactly. Because okay. some of these guys are into it. They're like whole weekend warriors. I do that too. Okay, I took. I That's just, a lot. I just came back from a weekend playing up in Nashville. Okay, that so. sounds like so much fun. I used to play softball, and I miss it. Oh, it is. You said you weren't good though. No. Yeah, you did. Said you said I, I wasn't that. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, I wasn't that good. That's the first time I, you, I'm like, well, that's, I guess that's honest. But you, you know, but I just, loved playing. There you go. Yeah, that's that's what it's fun. about, right? Like you find the My 10 year old gymnast would say, no, it's not what it's all about. She'd say, it's about winning. And I agree with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to have fun. But it's, well, this is what she said, which I laughed my ass off. But she said, uh, she was talking to my, my, my seven year old daughter. And she goes, is it more fun to win? And she said, no, it's just Matt. If you're having fun, it's like no. She's like no. It's way more fun to win. She wanted to win at the at the argument too. She's oh, yeah. like, it's way more fun to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ha- my. I now have grandkids at those ages. Yeah. So I think back to we were talking about September 11th. My oldest son 
was 12 years old in, in July of 2011, and I was in Vegas for a convention. And a friend of mine actually took us out to play golf at Nellis Air Force Base. Nice. Nellis Air Force Base is the home of the Thunderbirds, which is mm-hmm. the, like the Blue Angels, except it's yeah. the Air Force, yep. right? And he was retired E9, and he goes, they're bringing the Thunderbirds in. They're getting ready to do an air show. Take him up to Dayton, Ohio for cool. an air show. And he goes, hey, do you mind showing this guy's son around? He may want to go to the academy. Turns out my son became a CPA first and said, I don't want to do this anymore now as a pilot in the Air Force. Incredible. Oh, wow. So my my mentor, my one of my first mentors in the merchant services game uh, was, was a Thunderbird. And, uh, and then he ran the circuit for two years like he was the the head of the thunderbird circuit because it's a it's a whole thing you know they're going from city to city he was all part he was the concierge guy he was the guy that everybody what time are they going to be here so he he ran the whole circuit for a couple years but the funniest thing that my uh uh, the coolest thing that he ever told me was a cool story and he was at uh the airport and a guy had a flight jacket on and it said mach 2-0 and uh, Scott walked over to the guy. I was like, hey, how are you doing? Introduced himself. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, I was part of Thunderbirds. And he's like, oh, that's great. I was, you know, I was in the Navy. Or I was in, yeah, I was, the Navy is is Blue Angels. Blue Angels, Yeah, he right. was, I was in the Navy, so I was more of a Blue Angels guy. They go back and forth. He's like, well, you're missing a decimal. And he goes, and looked at his thing. He's like, no, nah, I'm not. He goes, at 2.0. And he's like, nah. He goes, I'm an astronaut. So wow. it's like that saying, there's always a bigger fish. He's like, oh, shit. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I just got leapfrogged. <laughs> yeah. So it puts you in your place. There's always a bigger fish. He's like, yep, he's a, he went there. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it's, I was, I'll go back to a conversation we were talking about how the sense of rebuilding someone's home, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so my youngest son helps me some too, right? He's 23, engineer. And he came home at Thanksgiving, and he goes, Dad, now I really understand why you enjoy this. He says, we really help people. Mm -hmm. He says, they're so thankful for the job that we do. You know, it's pretty cool for a 23-year-old to start figuring that out, right? Yeah. No, it's fact. I mean, you you do help people, for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Were you you up in Chattanooga, I think it was two years ago, um, or doing any roofs up there when that tornado came through? I've been doing some since that. That was actually, it was a year ago, April, that that happened. Because my husband, he has a dumpster company. And Mm -hmm. when he found out about that, we actually drove up there. And we were talking to people, and he took, like, four-hour trips back and forth and coming to get dumpsters, bringing them up there. And I've never seen that kind of damage in person. I haven't seen a lot of things. I I always tell them I need to get out more and do more. But something like that I've never seen in person. And yeah, that was. There's crazy. a lot of You're devastation still, up there, and they're still yeah. re, they're still trying to rebuild. Like they look like you know how dollhouses are like halfway open, you can see all of it. That's what they look like. Yeah, I've seen walls off. Blew my freaking I've seen, mind. I've seen it before. It's it's wild. It's, and you're uh, still working on those. Wow. They're still working on communities in New Orleans. Right from oh. from from Katrina, Katrina, like in 06. I mean, it's they're still working on things like that. They've they've condemned a lot of things. Like you know, it's not going to come back till a developer comes back and buys it and builds it up. So it's that's all over the world. I mean, those those things, Haiti earthquake, still still building, still trying to build clean water, which is, you know, you got to kind of uh, be glad where you are in you know in America that you know, except maybe Flint, Michigan, but. 
you know, that you, we have clean water. There's a lot of people that don't have clean water. Well, the people don't understand how blessed we are as a country. Mm, we are. Yep. They don't, if they don't travel, they don't see anything. They don't have any concept of what. Yep. No, for sure. What real poverty is about. The poorest person in our country is the top 20% wealthiest in the world. That's right. No, it's, a, it's, it's I true. I know that. Think about it's that. True. No, it's wow. true. The poorest person in our country is in the top 20% in the world. Yep. The poorest per- person in Kuwait is probably the top 10% in Could the world. Be, right. Yeah. So it's all relative, right? Right. A janitor's making 150 grand a year there, but it's all relative. That guy's poor. You right. Know? So do you know who David Blaine is? David Blaine. Yeah. The the, the I, I hate I hate to call him just a, magi- a yeah. magician, <laughs> illusionist. Uh, you know, extreme. Um, is he is he not mind freak or is that Chris Angel? No, that's Chris that's Angel. Chris. Yeah. yeah. Um. He does extreme type stuff. Like he stood on a podium for 24 hours or something like that in, in, in um, New York. He, he just did the YouTube thing where he, where he flew up. He, he, he had a, you know, how many ever balloons attached to his arm and went up 30,000 feet and then parachuted down. Okay. Like that's not a trick. He really does it. Right. You know, he puts things through his arms and his things, and it's not a trick. It's, he's really doing it. He's really doing it. That's like why really first, bleeding. Well, he had, he's, yeah. Rogan poked him in a place where he did bleed. He's like, you do it, you know. But he's he's done it so much. He's trained his. It's probably got a lot of scar tissue in there and does that. But uh, but he uh, so there was an old magician that used to do the fire breathing thing and then put it out with water. So he would drink just tons and tons of water, you know. But he had to keep it there, and he had to train this guy. And this was like in the twenties. I can't even remember this guy's name. You could probably look it, look, look this guy up that he learned it from because it was on. Um, but he had um, maybe from the thirties or forties. He was on. This guy was on TV. So that's how you could see it. He was like, "How did he do it?" He's learning how to. How do I drink all this water? Hold it basically as an aquarium and my thing, and then put it back up because he knows I can drink the kerosene. You know blow the fire and put the water out, right? Well, he um he saw a random video in a I'm trying to say a village in Africa where a guy was just per, protruding water, is that the right word, protruding? Projecting. I don't know, projecting, yes, fine. Water all over the but we'll we'll go with that one. All over his t-shirt, wrapping it up and putting it around <clears throat> his thing. It was just gallons of water, you know. And so he, because he still didn't know how to do that, so he went and put ads all over. He didn't know he this video, he couldn't really see where they were. So he put ads up all over this African community or whatever. I need this guy. I'll pay him money, you know. And he found him. He found this guy. And the guy goes, he goes, "What are you, magician?" And he goes, "No, I do that to have clean water on me all the time." He's taught his he taught hmm. himself to have clean water on him all the time and he could just, you know, have it have it on him all the time. So he taught him how to do that. So he doesn't do the kerosene thing anymore. He did it a few times, but he doesn't do it. He's too dangerous. The guy that that magician a long time ago died from that trick. Right. He died from that trick. So now he just uh like swallows frogs and goldfish and it's like a little aquarium and and, and his <laughs> thing. So when he's at a party, he'll be like you know, just have a frog on him, so he just does 
crazy stuff like that. You'll see him. He's, it's, he's a pretty interesting character. We've seen that in some movies too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a fact. Oh, that's in a movie? Um, one of the Harry Potters, remember? They, he was huh? sitting there throwing oh. up the frogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. For sure. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so top layer roofing. How can we help you? What are you looking for in a referral partner? What are you looking for in a client? Um, how can we get a hold of you? You know, go that way. Right. So, you know, we like to create partnerships, mm-hmm. right? So one of Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Sure. Seven, seven habits. habits. Yep. yep. Said seek win win, right? Mm-hmm. So if you seek win lose, I win, you lose. We both mm-hmm. lose. Right. If I seek you win and I lose, we both lose. That's so we right. seek win-win, right? So um, customers are – we love to work with customers. Somebody cares about their home, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of high on the priority list. We're looking for some people that are value-based with us. It's real interesting because you talked about Chattanooga. So mm-hmm. last year, the tornado happened roughly around my mom's birthday. Oh. And my brother and I own the business together. So we're both being from Chattanooga. We have some contacts up there, right? And so we decided we'd go up and meet in Chattanooga, go say hi to mom, right? And I knew that there was a roofing company that had been in town, and I knew somebody who'd worked for it, and I went to high school with him, right, Mm -hmm. all those years ago. And so I'm literally driving in the neighborhood, and I see his brother. Cool. And his brother now works for me. He starts interviewing me. He sees me with the top layer roofing shirt on, and he starts interviewing me, which is kind of a unique proposition. But that's a good thing, though. Right. That's such a great situation for a business owner. Right. It really is. <laughs> right. Because he's looking for somebody that meets his values, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, for me, we love to create those relationships, you know, both in house and out house. You know, one of the things that's kind of, I talked about it, but my subs have been with me anywhere from seven to nine years. Mm and how do you get that to happen? You keep paying them. You pay them well, you treat them well, mm-hmm. right? Like people don't understand it in today's times. You know everybody wants a deal, right? I got news for you. If I was the lowest paying guy to my subs, do you think you would answer the phone with as busy as we've been? No, they wouldn't answer the phones, but they also like paying on time. Roof roofers are notorious. My I had those two crews for the year and a half, two years and my partner that bought the company he worked for another three years and then sold it again, but he had those same two crews. And I told him, I was like, if you pay roofers, you know, two weeks in the rears, you know, from when they did it and you do it all the time, every that Friday, they'll never leave you because they've been, you know, stopped by so many other roofers. We're like, oh, I'll pay you that when that comes in, you know, it'd be a month, two months, you know, three months. And they're just so far back. And sometimes they don't get paid. Oh yeah, that's never happened in my company. No, right? I'm sure not. But th- there, you've, no, heard, you've right. heard the story. Oh, absolutely. We we went up and talked to a a large project and looking at doing some new roofing, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a, you know, they're talking about just us building fifty, sixty roofs a year for them. Right? Cool. So fairly good sized project, right? New new houses. Uh huh. Great. And I looked at him and I said, you know, there's two things that I want you to know. I said. I've been in business for over 20 years, right? Been, I haven't had a WT paycheck since I was in my early 30s. And I said, I know the difference between living on profit and living on cash flow. And I also want you to know that my guys don't need practice. 
if I can't come in and work out a way with you to make some money, mm-hmm. then I don't need to do the work. That's right. And it was really funny because the guy turned around back to me and said, we've used the cheapest thing we could do for the last three years. We have warranty work out the ear, mm-hmm. and it's killing us. And it's ruined our reputation. Hello? Like, <laughs> there's a partnership that we're creating. Yeah, so that's a, and what, what, that's a contractor, general contractor? Yep. And a builder? Yep. Okay, love it. So general contractors, real estate agents, sure. probably really good referral partners for you. Absolutely. Any of the other trades, uh, electricians, people that are in people's houses, landscapers? Uh, landscapers, painters, right? Chimney yep. chimney repair people. There you go. Uh, gutter cleaners mm-hmm. would probably be the really good ones there. Property managers. As a matter of fact, we've done some work in this property. Cool. Um, when you first come in on the, bu- the first building on the right, the 100 building, mm-hmm. you know, it's got those uh, white facades on the top of the roof. Mm-hmm. Well, they were leaking, so... We had to repair that. Yep. Yeah, these roofs were probably replaced, what, three, four years ago? Something like that. Right, yep. right. Well, and this kind of goes to something else. Mm-hmm. There was a um, – did a flat roof for somebody, and it was really kind of funny. So he's like – he pushed me real hard to do his warranty. He said, you know, the guy that I've been using forever and ever won't come out because of COVID. And I'm like, look, COVID's a deal. I get it. But we're still going to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. And – he wants these different warranties. As you know, generally the reason in the flat roof business, we take a shorter warranty and then pass it over to the larger company is because it protects you, right? And then he called me out to another one of his facilities, and he goes, what good's the warranty if I can't get the guy back out? Nothing. Nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So our tagline of our company is your trusted roofer for life. There you go. Right? So we want to build – like everything, I think you kind of got a sense. We're trying to build the relationship sure. and come back to it, right? So, you know, there's the property managers. We've done a lot of different things with property managers, but it's a lot of referral relationships. It's the transfer of trust, right? So if somebody asks me about a trade, I can easily recommend somebody that I know, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there's somebody who's actually done work for me, right? But I know that they'll take care of their customer because I'm handing my name to them too, right? One of the first things I told you, my dad said, you may not inherit uh, any money from me, but you're going to inherit a name you can be proud of. It's the same thing, right? So we tie those two together. And I think that's the power of networking and relationships. For sure. You that know, is the power. And yeah. Like the Ohio State University, that is, or the Miami, or I don't know what it is. You're right. That it is, was the that Ohio is the, Right. That is the purpose of networking and, and relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding the right partners, right? Yep. Because if you're, you don't want to partner with somebody that doesn't respect and treat people the way you want to treat them. Because mm-hmm. what kind of, what are they expecting when you get in behind that? The same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Creating those relationships, creating the partnerships. Um, I get sent out on a, by a lot of insurance agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take insurance companies to task if they're not doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was presented a one last week, right? So I have a certification as a roofer. It's called a Hague certification. And so I took the engineering course that the adjusters take to mm-hmm. just to forensically identify what damage is, right? Right, of course. So 
this um, there's a bad shingle. It was made. It's been discontinued, and there was the landscaper found shingles on the ground, right? Yep. First two adjusters missed it, so they continued to argue, and now the engineering an engineer was sent out. So, and by the way, we're talking about a twelve square roof, so we're talking about a project small. of less than six thousand dollars, and they probably spent fifteen hundred, two thousand on the engineer's report, right? Yeah. So. I'm going to be back in touch with the insurance company because I'm brought in completely after all these things have occurred. And the guy says, well, it's either man-made damage or it's not wind damage because none of the apertures were were broken, right? Yep. Well, that would have disqualified every roof. Like, so the mm-hmm. none of the wind vents or any of those things blown off the roof, so it couldn't have been wind damage. That was his assessment. Yeah. But there's 28 shingles damage. Okay, so it's either wind damage or it's vandalism and you still low for it. That's right. And they're not trying to pay it, right? Yep. Insurance companies. So it's just a relationship of trying to do the right things, right? For sure. So the agents enjoy sending me out for that purpose. That's awesome. How do we get a hold of you? Email address, website, phone number. So um, email address is markf at tlroofing.biz. Um, the website is um, toplayerroofing.biz, right? And my phone number direct is 404-784-2797. Nice. Thank you for coming in, Mark. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Jordan, thank you. Jordan, thank Uh, you. You guys have uh, be be kind to each other out there.